Here it is, the Pistons Pod, with your host, Matt Derry. Folks, we're going to have real basketball coming up on Wednesday night. The Pistons will open up their 2020-2021 campaign against the Minnesota Timberwolves on the road in Minnesota to open up the season. This is the Pistons Pod. Matt Derry with you. And today we're doing a little beat writer roundtable as we preview the upcoming season with three guys who've been covering it so well for the team uh, since all this started. James Edwards III from The Athletic, Rod Beard from the Detroit News, and Omari Sankofa from the Free Press and Freep.com. Fellas, uh, thanks for a few minutes. Thanks for having us on, Matt. Yeah, appreciate it, Matt. Anytime. Let's uh, let's start with you, Let's start with you, James. Uh, what has uh, the past uh, couple of months been like uh, getting back um, to, to actual basketball training camp, the preseason, and obviously covering the team uh, from a distance here, socially distanced and, and basically on Zoom? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was an odd transition from going from, what was it, six, seven months with nothing, and then bam, like camp, they have the mini bubble, then there's another break, then there's the draft, and pretty much from the first week that the the trade moratorium opened up, it's been nonstop. Um, Obviously can't complain because all three of us really didn't have much to do for the last six months, so um, a little busy period is is welcomed. But, yeah, I mean, it's different. Um, uh, The Pistons have done a great job of of trying to make things as, as normal as possible for the media. Um, I, I'm personally in the boat of, and this might be selfish, if I wish the NBA kind of just came back when things were normal so we could do our jobs normally. Um, but that's obviously not to be expected. I'd imagine their Christmas money is far more important than what the Pistons beat writer from The Athletic would want. So um, <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been different, I'll, I'll say that, but it's, it hasn't been um, too different, I guess, if that makes any sense. Rod, do uh, you have any uh, other gems and pearls to add to what James already said? No, it's just been – it feels like the season just ended because it did, and, and now we're starting right back up. But what, I guess it was fun to have that kind of shotgun uh, free agency and draft all within the same sort of week and to see uh, what Troy Weaver was able to do in flipping this roster over and completely changing the trajectory of where they're going – um, with three first-round draft picks and, and a whole new cast of characters for this roster. Omari, what are your thoughts on uh, on what's happened? And obviously, you you move back here after covering the Grizzlies, and you can't get as close to the team and the players as I'm sure you would like right now, which sort of sucks, right? Yeah, no, it's definitely been uh, different. You know, I don't know if I, you know, I started this job last April, I believe April 6th, and I don't think I expected that the next six months um, we're going to be mostly just sitting on the couch, uh, you know, just doing all my work from home. Um, you know, you sort of have an expectation for the for the off season. Um, you know, I think early on you think, okay, you have two weeks of the regular season, then a month off, and then the combine, then a month off, and, you know, it's just a certain rhythm to it. And um, I would agree with Rod and, and James, you know, it was just a different rhythm and uh, certainly a lot more quiet than you would expect. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever been happier to watch a sports documentary than, than when the last dance came and suddenly you get, you know, all these story opportunities just from uh, the bad boys and Isaiah Thomas. So that was unique. Uh, you know, it was definitely some, some whiplash once that first week of free agency came and the Pistons just, you know, gloves came off, uh, roster completely changed. 
And now we're back, you know, it honestly doesn't feel like, you know, the season is about to start. Um, you know, it just seems like after such a, a, a dead period and then the bubble, uh, it's just hard to imagine um, some semblance of, of normal, just going back to arenas and everything. So it's, you know, it's it's been good for sure. Uh, we'll be in the arena Saturday for their home opener and, you know, it'll be different from the usual year, but at the same time, it definitely beats that previous six months of basically nothing happening. These, if I can, I, I just want to jump in. I don't think fans really understand how um, how much of a touch and feel and and in person thing it is for for beat writers to do their job. That it's one thing, and people say, well, you you have Zoom calls, you do whatever, but if you're not there with players or with um, front office people or with anything, having side conversations or or just joking around in the locker room, you really can't do your job the same sort of way. And I think that's what James was sort of alluding to, and, and Omari too, is that. It, being face-to-face, being in the locker room, being in the practice facility and seeing these things is a huge part of our job that we're just not getting to do this year. And so you you can you might be able to tell in some of the coverage, um, and we've tried to piece it together as best we could, but I think that's just such an important point that, that a lot of fans just don't really grasp um, if you're not really thinking about it that way. I know, Rod, I think you bring up a great point. And again, the NBA is doing all it can. The Pistons are doing all, all, all they can right now, certainly to make – uh, uh, people as accessible as possible and of course um, trying also to keep their players and, and staff safe by um, you know allowing you guys in the arenas certainly for home games but really that's it and uh, you can't blame the the organization at all for 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 uh, you know kind of bubbling like you said uh, the, the, the performance center and the practice facility downtown um, that is for sure all right you know James you referenced it you can't believe this you know here we are it's it's Wednesday or uh, wherever you, whenever you're listening to this podcast, but regardless, December 23, here we are. Pistons opening up the season against the the Timberwolves on the road. Huh? How ready is this uh, basketball team to play a game for real? Do you think? Yeah, I, I like the Timberwolves as kind of the the first game. I think we're going to get a better idea of where Detroit is. Um, they were the second worst offensive team in the preseason. Again, it's just the preseason, but I'm um, just. To- kind of, I guess, have a little context and the best defensive team. Um, I, I'm very curious to see how they do against the Minnesota side that is a little bit more offensively driven, um, just, I guess, for transparency. Like, yeah, the Pistons, I think they defended well and a little bit better than people expected, given I think they still have some holes at rim protection, but the length and the versatility definitely showed. Um, but they did um, – they played a, I would say, a good basketball team for one half of one preseason game and gave up 62 points, and that was when Russell Westbrook played, um, was that game three or four? Uh, four. Four. So while we did see some really positive offensive signs, um, I, I don't expect them to, to go into the regular season as the top-ranked defense or, or there. They have the potential to possibly be a top-15 defense. I think so, and I think Minnesota would be a good test to find out how real the defense is. Um, I think it's tough to kind of gauge when you're against the Knicks and the Wizards. And, uh, again, Westbrook only played for one half of that, and they, they put up some points. So um, I, I think there's still a lot of questions out. Um, but Minnesota, a team that is beatable, um, a team that has some, some strengths that – appear to match up with the Pistons' strengths, um, it's going to be a good test to see, I think, where they are, even though they've had a, so much roster turnover, such a short time to kind of get everybody together and on the same page. 
um, I, I do think it's a better test than what we've seen so far. Rod Beard, uh, you, your thoughts on, on where this, this team is after watching four preseason games? I think it's still really hard to tell still because it, it's they didn't play the starters regular minutes. I don't think anybody played more than maybe 24 minutes or so. And, and that's where part of the, the weakness was is you didn't see the starters gel and, and there were so many turnovers and so many question marks. But then when they started bringing those hybrid lineups in and you had a couple of starters with uh, Derek Rose or, or Josh Jackson, then they started to click a little bit better. The starters are just going to have to be better and, and not turn the ball over as much. And uh, you're just going to have to see some chemistry building there between Killian Hayes and, and Mason Plumley, And uh, Blake Griffin's going to have to ramp up his minutes gradually. Uh, and, and Jeremy Grant is going to have to be the, the number one scorer and number one go-to guy that um, they thought he was when they uh, traded for him. So it's, it's going to be a lot that over these first couple of weeks that will give you a better gauge of what this team will be than we saw in just four preseason games. Omari, anything uh, stand out for you? Yes, um, James kind of touched on it with them being the number one defensive team and uh, 29th ranked offensive team. Uh, I think overall, there's just no way to really tell exactly where the Pistons are relative to the rest of the league. Uh, you look at the preseason numbers and you'll see, uh, yes, Pistons were number one uh, defense, but the Knicks were number two <laughs> in defensive rating because they played the Pistons twice and, you know, the Pistons, of course, had a a um, poor showing in that opening game. And then they played the Cavaliers twice, another team that's not expected to be in the playoff hunt. And then you look at the bottom of defense, it's like the Milwaukee Bucks and the Clippers who were both top five last season. So I think that's that's where the chaos is going to carry into the regular season. Uh, Dwayne Casey's talked a lot about needing two or three weeks to figure out his rotation. And I think a lot of teams are sort of in the same boat. Uh, you know, I don't think we'll necessarily have a great idea of where the Spitzers team is until maybe a month into the season. Um, and then you couple that with the fact that they have a, a very hard schedule. Um, you know, they're, they're playing so many good teams early that, um, you know, I, I, I think it'll be a chaotic start for this team, honestly. You know, I'm not sure exactly where they are offensively or defensively. You know, I tend to agree with Dwayne, Casey, and, and Blake Griffin that I do think they're ahead on defense right now. But if they want to have a chance at, at anything, that offense is going to have to click sooner rather than later. And and some of that's just going to be guys like Blake, you know, Jeremy Grant, and Derrick Rose, of course, and maybe even Killian Hayes, who could uh, start from day one, uh, sort of figuring out their, their, their rhythm and figuring out how to click as soon as possible. So Pistons pod, uh, we are starting up the regular season on Wednesday night for the Pistons and the Minnesota Timberwolves on the road. Matt Derry with you. It's our beat writer roundtable as we preview the 2020-2021 season. James Edwards, the third of the Athletic, Rod Beard from the Detroit News, and Omari Sankofa from the Free Press joining me. Hi, right, James. Uh, you know, we talked about the preseason a little bit, and I don't want to hammer away at four games that will not count. But Josh Jackson, uh, Josh Jackson stepped up and and had a good preseason. Is he a guy that you are that we will watch for to start the year that maybe takes a step because now he's found a home? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, I think, in a system that that covets the things that he's. I would say his strengths were he's had an up and down career to this point. Um, he comes to a team that's that's rebuilding, but they're rebuilding with a focus on defense. Um, I think Josh Jackson obviously adds to that and was a that was part of the reason they went and got him is because they saw that in him. 
Um, I mean, if he's going to shoot 50% from three on, what was it, four or five or six attempts per game, then um, we're talking about the player that should have went number, that deserved to go number four overall in the draft like he did. Um, I, I, I don't imagine that that'll stay um, just because of, I mean, that's an absurd number to shoot. Um, and anybody that's shooting 50% on that many attempts is, is going to get it'd be, a, be a very rich person at some point in their career. Um, it's just a very, I, I guess, a little bit of an outlier. But I, 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 the shot looked good, and I, I do think he can be a league average three-point shooter, if not a little bit better. Um, obviously, like you said, four preseason games, we need a little bit more of a sample size to see that. Um, but I, he brings it defensively. He checks the boxes of how the Pistons want to play. Um, I think for him, what's really going to open up his game is is that jump shot. And if it's real and that's legit, um, then we're talking about a completely different player. Um, but again, I think just four preseason games is too tough to tell if if that um, if that trend is is going to stay upward and and he's going to be, I mean, the best three point shooter on the Pistons' roster. But I think he has a role. He has a place because of how he defends. Um, he likes to get out in transition. Uh, the shooting's a plus. I don't think Detroit signed him to to shoot how he has so far. Um, they signed him to do the other things he did well in the preseason. And so I, I guess he, he, he is, I think, probably the the best signing to this point in terms of what they got him for and how he's produced. Um, and I, I think people are excited to see if maybe he's unlocked some stuff um, playing on his, I think, third or fourth team in as many years. Rod, what do you think of Jackson? And also, you mentioned before Jeremy Grant. Um, those two guys got to obviously put the ball in the basket, right? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think in, in both of those cases, especially in Jackson's, it's more emblematic of what Troy Weaver is trying to do and, and the type of player, the prototype player that he wants is. And, and I know there was a lot of hand-wringing about uh, Luke Kennard being traded, but it's sort of the same position is, is that wing, shooting guard, small forward sort of guy. So you, you go from Luke to a 6'8", 6'9", guy who can um, is a little bit better defensively. And if he can provide that same sort of shooting and – um, that versatility and being able to get to the rack. I mean, that's what Troy Weaver wants. That's why he made the changes that he did. And if Jeremy Grant can do the same thing, at least in today's NBA, it seems that's where the league is moving. And if you've got two of those guys who can do that, and um, we, let's add Sekou to that conversation of that mold of a type of player that they're looking for, then you can see the direction that Troy Weaver wants. And he's got not just one guy, but two or three guys, maybe even more, who fit that very, very well. And you can start stacking those guys. And all you need is a couple of them to be successful, to start to see this tide turn a little bit. Omari, Rod did a great job there with the segue uh, into Seku. You know, I mentioned Jackson. We mentioned uh, uh, Jeremy Grant. But obviously the big picture is uh, Troy Weaver and the staff are hopeful that he throws Seku in the mix with those first two guys that I mentioned. And like you said, the offense might not have had the great numbers in the preseason, but all three of those guys on, on any given night could drop 25, 30 points, right? For sure. And I think Sekou, uh, the thing with him that's been so impressive is just that he looks so much more instinctual and just more comfortable overall uh, compared to last season. Uh, you know, the way he's been so decisive when he's cutting to the rim or uh, when he's launching threes, uh, he's looked so much more comfortable, uh, you know, pushing the ball up, up the floor or even just with the ball in the sense in general. 
And then on defense, uh, you know, being a guy who could switch on the perimeter and even hold his own in the paint, depending on the matchup, uh, he looks stronger compared to last season. Uh, you know, the Pistons, you know, they have these utility guys, you know, Jeremy Grant and Josh Jackson also fitting in that category. And I think uh, Sekou, uh, just, you know, like with Josh, uh, if, if his shooting holds up because he shot well in preseason, uh, you know, that's a guy that is going to be hard to leave on the bench. And, uh, you know, I think we could definitely see him get a significant amount of minutes at the uh, backup power forward position uh, just because this roster, I think, is lacking guys who can create plays. You know, I think we saw the offense stagnate a lot during the preseason, which a lot of that is just this roster is so new and they're still getting to know each other. Um, you know, I think players are still figuring out their roles and how to get comfortable and how to just get in spots where they're comfortable and knowing what they're doing. So that gives Seku a leg up because he is one of the four guys returning from last season. Uh, he knows his scheme. He knows Dwayne. And yeah, it seems like he has a great understanding of how he fits in on this team, you know, being a guy who can sort of create motion without the ball in his hands and create those opportunities. So, um, yeah, all three of those guys, Josh Seku and, and Jeremy Grant, um, you know, I think you could argue that beyond Blake just, you know, having a completely healthy season, uh, you know, that's that's probably the key to the Pistons maybe playing some of the projections that they've had so far. Beat Rider Roundtable here on the Pistons pod. All right, James, 72-game season, uh, starting up here on Wednesday against Minnesota on the road. What's a, what's a successful year in your mind? You can put a number on it if you want. You, you don't have to. I, I hate doing WPRE radio. Rod's heard me say that before. But but seriously, what, what would be deemed a successful season after they play these 72 in your mind for the Detroit Pistons? Yeah, um, so it, it, I guess it all depends on, on if, if you're talking to a, a specific fan, what you want to get out of the season. Um, if you're simply talking about wins and losses, I think getting into the play-in game is deemed a success. Um, the expectations from those league-wide are that the Pistons, <clears throat> excuse me, are going to finish with a, a bottom three record. Um, and if you're able to kind of, sneak into that that 10 spot with a roster that's primary that's the sixth youngest in the league i believe um by playing your number seven overall pick at point guard as a starter by working in your 20 year old um small power forward in seku um by read by developing and reinvigorating josh jackson who's only 22 23 um we can go down the line with young players but i i think that would be the best case scenario um, in turn, or that would be deemed a success because the expectations aren't, aren't the highest from the outside world. And, and for that to happen, that likely means Blake is healthy for most of the season and, and gets close to where he was two years ago. Jeremy Grant um, takes another step with added responsibility. Um, a lot of things had gone, have gone right. If you're, you're in the play in tournament um, and, and you're giving yourself a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, so I, I think just given what people think Detroit is going to do, um, putting yourself in position to surprise some people um, based on a complete overhaul and a certain style and, and kind of rebuild that you're going with, I think getting to, a, to the to, to the play-in would be deemed a success for, for, for most. Rod, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is sort of a Frankenstein roster where you've taken so many bits and pieces from other teams to try to cobble something together to make it. I mean, I agree. I think if you just get to the play into the 10 spot in the East, 
they've done something significant. And I wouldn't put a, a, a win total number on it. I would, I think for them, 30 would be 30 wins would be a, a really good season. But I think more of the focus is just on the rookies and seeing some development. If you look at this, this plan and this timeline that the Pistons have, it's kind of a three-year plan of um, these rookies under uh, rookie contracts and team control for the next couple of years. And you want to see some, some gradual development in Killian Hayes, in Isaiah Stewart, in Sadiq Bay, because that's really the future of where this is headed, that you don't go out and get two additional first-round picks if you don't think that they're solid guys and they're going to be the center of what you're trying to do. Um, and you're just going to build some other veterans around them. And that's that, that financial construction and the roster construction with having these young guys, and, and I'll throw Seku in that mix too. You want to just see incremental jumps from each of those guys to help you stay on that plan that you have and the timeline for the young guys. Uh, Omari, uh, do you kind of echo the sentiments of uh, James and Rod a little bit? To an extent, I do. I think that more than anything, um, you know, just sort of building off of what Rod said, the development of the young players is, uh, you know, for, for me at least, is what's going to define this season. Um, you know, I think if you're in a mix for a playoff game, but you don't get promising years from, you know, Killian Hayes, uh, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, you know, Saban, uh, the rest of the young players, you could throw, you know, say Cohen to be Michael Luke. In that, you know, if you don't see enough progress from that unit to feel comfortable that this is your future core, then, you know, I don't I don't know how much you you, you benefit from that playoff game. Um, you know, I think, you know, if the Pistons were to have a 15-win season, but they get an excellent rookie season from Killian Hayes and he makes noise in the rookie of the year race, uh, you know, Sadiq Bay uh, shows that he could be a, a rotational piece. Uh, Sekou and, and Sadiq continue to take uh, strides forward. And then Isaiah Stewart can show that um, he was worth, you know, being that 16th pick, uh, you know, which I think uh, a lot of people were surprised that they went with a, a center that high, um, you know, which isn't a knock on Isaiah Stewart because he was one of the highest rated centers in the draft, but just sort of the way the league has trended. You know, I think a lot of teams have sort of devalued that position, whereas Trey Weaver sees it as a, a strength. So you want to see those guys show that uh, they're worth the investment and that they can uh, sort of take this franchise out of the rut it's been during the past decade. And um, uh, and they could also use another high, high draft pick, you know, if you, you, know, if you make a uh, play-in tournament and you end up with the 10th or 11th pick, you know, that probably makes some things tougher. So, you know, I'm not saying they should just fight out tank, but, you know, I think more than anything, you have to see those young guys show that they're worth the investment and uh, three, four years from now, they're the guys who are going to help this team become a perennial contender. Well, fellas, uh, Omari has officially been welcomed now to the, to the, to the group because um, he just dropped the T word, tank. Well, well <laughs> Omari's officially been uh, uh, pistonized now by uh, for all of us that spent some time. My answer went the way it did. I, I didn't. I didn't want to use the T word. It would have came out if I uh, didn't, didn't watch myself. Oh man, the, on the the Twitter the Twitter mob will be after us. All right, fellas, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, good luck covering the team uh, this year, and, and and appreciate all that you do. Uh, I'm a fan. I, I read all of you, and I, I appreciate uh, you guys joining us here on the Pistons Pod. Anytime, man. Thanks for having us. You have us on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. There they are. The Beat Writers. The Beat Writer Roundtable previewing this season is complete here on the Pistons Pod. Thanks again to James Edwards III from The Athletic, Rod Beard from the Detroit News, and Omari Sankofa from the Free Press. My name is Matt Derry. Folks, get ready. This thing's starting up Wednesday night with the Pistons in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. We'll talk to you again next week.